awkward podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know that's how you treat this dude. All right, welcome to the Off Space Podcast. It's your host with the motherfucking most, Chuka Offer. And it's your boy E, your favorite co-host, Ezigo Offer. Yes, sir. And um, every week I'm rolling in new nicknames just so like I can slowly start making people call me them. Can you put your phone on fucking silent and respect us? Anyways, how was people, your week? People need me. Um, my week's been pretty good, you know? So I went on an excursion this week. That was my first time actually dabbling in the swords. I went camping. And, I mean, it wasn't like some real primitive, I'm out here on some survival, got to catch no, what I want to be on some outdoor shit so bad. Oh, if I can learn how to, of course, but I'm still a rookie in this. So I went on, like, you know, a regular camping trip, tents and stuff, got our campsite. And it was fun, dude. Honestly, like, it's one of those experiences that I want to go ahead and do again. Um, there was definitely, I learned real quick, nature don't fuck around. <laughs> it rained a little bit while we were out there and thunderstorms going crazy and like when thunderstorms are popping off and like hitting the loudest you've ever heard when the only thing you have next to you is a tent that's a whole different type of fear you know especially like with bears and shit out there but it's alright you know cause your boy survived I had a good time I saw some waterfalls went on some good hikes fished a little bit swam a little bit enjoyed just drinking out in nature with some friends so shout out to Kevin and Brennan it was a good little reunion trip you know who's not gonna be outdoors though that's me I mean, that is me definitely not you i could already tell every listener that the only way i'm gonna get this man to come out is if we're like 50 his kids or if we're like 40 his kids really want to and i'm like convincing them convincing him like you know what i got us you know but hopefully praying that that day comes but how'd your week go man i need a lineup that's how my week went yeah, i can get you on the low no, anyways, I'm good. I'm, I'm about to go spend that money. <laughs> You're not going to trust me? <laughs> anyways, Jeez. this nigga nuts. Think I'm going to put my lineup in his hands. That's like giving... Like, the thing is about barbers don't comp- and black Don't compare people, me to some regular No, people. I'm not going to compare you to some regular person. But the thing is about barbers and black people, I feel like my white niggas that know that they care about their style, you know, understand too. Because a lot of white people I've noticed started to really care about their barbers now. They're done going to like the true cups or like the... The, like the super cuts. The super cuts and like the whatever. Yeah clips or whatever shit in the great clips wowzers like i see a lot of white people in these black barbershops too because sometimes you just got to realize what that what that wrist work do you know what i'm saying and like the a good lineup can be the difference between me walking in looking like i'm about to start getting on my knees and begging every girl in the room for a hug or (laughs) (laughs) spare coochie please Spare one ounce of coochie, please. <laughs> or the difference between me walking into a room and just having to kind of just like act like I'm Naruto and be teleporting around the room to get them away from me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a good lineup can change a whole person's perspective on you. And so just as my past week, though, has been it's been all right. I've been working a decent amount. I'm excited because a young man going to be in New York this Friday. Off space or half of off space takes on New York. <laughs> if you guys hear our pod next Monday, it's either going to be <laughs> it's either going to be <laughs> y'all are hearing what we recorded Thursday <laughs> and just saved it or y'all are going to be hearing a late podcast that we record on like Tuesday or some shit. This honestly might end up being like that. But I mean, y'all stay tuned for that. Um other than that, this week's been cool. Once again, just working a decent amount. I'm ready to start school. It's bad when you know me and how much I hate school and education and all that. And I'm just itching to get back into the classroom so I can hurry up and finish this fuck shit. Because I'm not going to get into the Georgia State shit again, like what they've done to me. Y'all have heard me complain about them a lot on this. But hey, What's college supposed to be if it doesn't temper you into a better man, you know? Nah, fuck that hoe ass shit. But... I guess we'll just get right to it. Do you have any good old heat checks for the week? Oh, yeah. So my heat check for the week comes from an album that came in 2018. And I want to go ahead and preface this by saying, you know what? Shout out to Chuka, music guru. Uh, I don't even know. Extraordinaire. Guru got that work. Guru got it. <laughs> he definitely did tell me to listen to it. But I was at a space where I slowed down on like my music and everything. But I've gotten really back into it and wanted to dive on so many projects and things I've missed. So I listened to a Saba album. Let's have a talk on frugality. I have to cut you off here for a second. This nigga Ezgo, the only person on the planet that will have the ability to have the Apple Music $5 um, Apple Music and still say, nah, bro, I don't need to spend that 5 Because to be honest, <laughs> it's not even like it's not in my bank account, you know? Like, I have money, but I'm very, like, if I don't like where my money is at, I'll cut off everything. That's why I said frugality. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I wasn't saying this nigga too broke, bro. You can find enough quarters in a month to pay for Apple Music with a student discount. Oh, my but, <laughs> but this man sees that they're about to charge him five. He's like, I spent too much this weekend and cancels that bitch. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what? And it helped, though, because I survived a month. Nah, but... And, yeah, my heat check, though, is um, Heaven All Around Me by Saba. 
that is an extremely well done song extremely well made and it combines that like i feel like chicago artists up until you know this new chance album perfected the art of giving you raps like good rap good music but at the same time bringing you to a place where you understand their story you understand like the art behind their story at the same time because their chicago artist artistic vision i feel like is unmatched to another region, if you want me to be perfectly honest, you know? I don't know about all that. Like, I've heard good music. Obviously, I'm not saying, like, their quality of music is the better than any other reason, but I feel like their artistic vision, to me, is better in uh, Chicago a lot of times. And just also saying that, um... This... Whoa, that is that is depressing for Chance the Rapper. <laughs> like, on the Apple Music charts, he was number three. You we're know he get, hates to see that. You were... <laughs> Drake is Thanos, bro. But we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a second. But, um... What was your heat check, man? Not even just... Yeah, shout out to... First off, because I know at some point, and this is gonna come back to having a back, like, a slack, whatever. Uh, obviously, I love music from all reasons. You know, boy, growing up around the A. Like, obviously, Atlanta and Atlanta Sound holds true and dear to my heart, but... But let's I'll leave it at that. Let's go ahead and say, oh, that's so disrespectful. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about this picture first thing on the podcast because it's disrespectful. Because. But first thing is I'm gonna say that Saba comes from that cloth, so I understand it was that it was that weird period in Chicago, which Chicago always has pretty good music, but it was that weird period where like No Name and Mick Jenkins mm-hmm. and then there was fucking I'm Lucky. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of good ass rappers that were a little bit less known that were just making phenomenal. Even music. like Joey Perp. Joey Perp, you know, Kami De Chuku, like uh, like this whole Save Tokyo. Money click, like Tokyo, come on. People were putting out good music. Chance it's just they had they had an like an absurd amount of good music at one time but normally we like to wait to get into sports and we're gonna wait to get into the rest of sports but i just opened up twitter and saw complex sports which i don't know why i'm giving complex any credibility right now but they released like an all decade first second and third team for basketball let me read off their all decade first team Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, LeBron James, KD, and Steph. All right, cool. You get it. This is the decade, so it's from 2010 on. Even though Kobe won a ring in 2010 and 2011, let's stop it. Kobe's on the third team. Wait, you said all-decade third team? Okay, I was looking at the third team like it was the first. And I thought, I saw LaMarcus Aldridge, and I was like, no way that's the first team. Second team, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Russ Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Blake Griffin. You heard some of those names I said on the second team. Third team has Dwayne Wade, fucking Kobe Bryant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, fucking, um, all, is that LaMarcus yeah. Aldridge, and... Is that supposed to be Paul George? I think that's supposed to be Paul George. Because that doesn't even look like him. That's the most disrespectful list I've ever heard. The fact that Kobe and Wade were on a list behind Blake Griffin and Carmelo it's, Anthony. It's the time, though, because it's the decade. I get it. But D. Wade, past 2009, was still fire. I know, I know. But it was the decade. Because start 2015, 2014 on, it was like, all right, we could see a Wade declining. I get that, you know. But at the same time, it's like Carmelo over a Giannis or something. Carmelo, like, no disrespect, because we think he deserves to be on an NBA team, but he can't even get on an NBA team right now, and they have him ahead of D-Wade and Kobe Bryant. Exactly, and George, first off, George should not be sitting lower than Blake Griffin, and you know how much shit I gave George after he got injured for like a year and people throwing him into a conversation, but has Blake Griffin played more than like two playoff games since literally in like the last like eight years? All right, we're going to have to go ahead and we were already, Complex was already teetering with credibility, but we're going to have to blow up Complex's offices unless they want to give us a show. That is very ill-timed. So anyways, back into what we were talking about. My heat check for the week is broke as shit off of the Rich Forever <laughs> tape. <laughs> <laughs> and it's J. Critch Hood fame and famous Dex. J. Critch really slaughtered his verse. So that's really why I have that on there. And you already know how I feel about Jay Critch. I think Jay Critch is the most talented and the best current, current before people like to give into the old heads, current New York artists right now. I think that his career is on a weird trajectory because he is signed to Rich the Kid. But I think once he gets freed from those tethers, that he'll be one of the more prominent artists in the game. I don't under- I do, but I don't understand exactly why artists who n- definitely can probably see their own potential will sign to other artists on like. They're small labels. Forgive that noise in the back. I think somebody's going to like war out there. Oh my god! Or like I don't know, mowing their lawn. But yeah, I don't understand why certain artists will sign to others off of literally just a clout they have off of a few songs. Because like this isn't what the label could do for you. It's just what the artist's name at this point. You know. I think it's. I think it goes into the hood mentality, which is why a lot of these hood rappers 
become so easily preyed on by labels, by other artists that are big signing them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is the situation with Critch and um, fucking Rich the Kid. It seems like they're actually friends, but it's also like if you're broke, literally never came from anything, you see your mom working four jobs just to keep you all afloat, you know? And then someone offers you some sort of a decent bag, a lot of times you take that. Like even Vince, when he first got signed, he literally was hustling and doing all he had to do so he could pay for his mom's medical bills. And then once he got into a good spot, got some leverage, now he's super good. But at first it was just like, I'm trying to pay for my mom's bills, fuck everything else, I'll figure it out. So a lot of them are in those kind of situations. But moving on to the music roundup for the week, let's just go ahead and say this one that let's address the one first that we kind of grazed over from last week, the big day, the big day by the, chance. The big day is from the previous week, but we have to we have to call a spade a spade sometimes. And it's like you hate you hate um you hate talking down on people you have a lot of respect for, but there's not one. No, sorry, there's a lot. Sorry, <laughs> but. There's a lot of huge, great artists that are like top all-time artists that have bad works. Yeah. Sorry. But that's just the reality of it. And sometimes you you miss the layup. You know what I'm saying? You miss the shot. And unfortunately speaking, like Chance's last album to me was like one song in two verses, including the guest features. And so that's just my opinion once again, though. I don't think that was it. It looks like the general consensus is looking like that wasn't it to the point that he debuted at number two after a bona fide Christian logic that day debuted at number one. And that's sad to say with somebody that had as big of a year as Chance, but that just shows you that most of the plays were like one listens mm-hmm. from as big as he was. Because I don't know many of people that's played that album more than once. And like, you think about it, because I know even from my perspective, I'm someone, and y'all probably heard from previous podcasts, how much they listen to Lil Uzi and love his music and hold a certain artist or like even Drake to a certain extent. Chance was literally undeniably bigger to me and I listened to more than any of those other artists for a time period, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for a long time period. And to hear something like this was almost disappointing because I know the caliber of music could be better. Like, I don't even care if the subject matter and content matter changes or whatever because he has a wife now. He has a whole ch- a child, you know? And, like, he's a different man. You know, you can't expect him to be off, like, acid rap type of acid rap type of content when this man's worried about how his daughter is going to evolve into the best person she could be down the line so obviously you want it to be different but through that you can still make better rap and when i heard like hot shower that was just very disappointing however though there is a redeeming quality to a chance's album because certain songs gave that type of a feel where i feel like he needs to do the elton john route and transition into making like disney soundtracks because if he made like Tarzan three, you know, I agree with if you. If he made something like that, that's going crazy. I agree with you, but that's just funny to say from somebody that really, really keeps themselves up on the rap side. You think that he he, it's like he makes music that doesn't fit how he views mm-hmm. himself. Because even from the tweets today, he was t- tweeting about how he thinks people want him to kill himself, and then like how he loves his wife. And you're like, I get that, bro. Trust me. We listen to the album. We know you love your wife because you said that on every wife. single every single song. But it's also like. You don't make music that matches what you say anymore. So it's either switch it up some, which no one's going to tell you exactly what to do. But it's like you could tell he views himself as like a top MC, like one of the greatest rappers in the game. Mm-hmm. But you got to think like that. Of course, you have to have that confidence to even traverse hip hop and make good music. But at the end of the day, too, you're putting out Disney soundtrack music. So it's like you're putting out Disney soundtrack music, but acting like one of the greatest MCs of all time. That's kind of like when Will Smith wasn't saying cuss words and rapping and niggas was like, what are you doing? I don't feel your pain, nigga. Yes, you say you're a nigga from Philly, but it's like, you're a, uh, I'm a Negro from Philadelphia. <laughs> Get into the cream cheese. What is up? <laughs> you know, and you're like, what? <laughs> no, exactly. So, I mean, and it's crazy, too, because he can be content in, like, the line switch, assuming, you know, his daughter grows up like, you know, my favorite movie, my dad made the soundtrack, and it was beautiful. You know, shouts out. <laughs> But getting to the rest of the music this week, Lil Durk put out a pretty fucking great album, which it's still nuts to me that Lil Durk put out an album that charted higher than Chances on Apple Music. Chances charted number two overall on Billboard. I think that's Durk what matters days, more. Durk and Days, Durk and Days. But Lil Durk had a pretty solid project. The number one project for the week, though, that came of just Lucy's, because this man, Drake, he gave these niggas the look, the verse, and even the hook, and every song still sounds like Drake featuring Drake. Gold Roses. <laughs> Gold Roses is still the greatest song that's come out in the past month, but 
Drake released a care package of just Lucy's. This nigga really Thanos, because it's just like he saw how the rap game was looking right now. He gave, he's like, you know what? Y'all have those little bootleg YouTube apps. Y'all use SoundCloud, etc. You know what? Let me just put all these songs y'all care about and they're loose on one album. Throw it out to y'all, and y'all gonna see the album in a few months. When that album dropped, or not, well, I guess like care package dropped. It really reminded me of that scene where you just hear like Thanos in his little monologue, and all of a sudden you just hear him say, "I'm inevitable." Because <laughs> it drops. Always come. It's yeah. crazy when someone drops an album full of songs we already had, but they're just all in a collection together finally in one place to where. I'm listening on repeat, bro. It was trending. It's gonna chart. It's ch- gonna chart on Billboard, and it's funny because I heard nobody talking about any other project that's released this week. The big day had a, it's big day. It had I a did big not moment. have a big next day. <laughs> a big day after. <laughs> and so I guess just throwing it back a little bit. There's just moments on this care package that we are very privy to all of these songs, but just in case any of our listeners aren't. Just go in there. If you want to see Drake rapping better than he's ever, better than a lot of niggas in the game, listen to literally every single song because yeah. he snaps. But Free Spirit goes back to the Drake-Rick Ross combo that we always talk about. 5 a.m. in Toronto. The thing is, though, it's like if you've never heard the song, I don't recommend listening. I don't recommend listening to it off of iTunes. This is one of those you got to just go ahead and watch the video for. Like, because taking the whole experience, because that gives the right demeanor and everything to where you can understand, like, this is one of Drake at his best. For sure. And then there's the motion, dreams money can buy, 4 p.m. in Calabasas. This nigga on 4 p.m. in Calabasas sounds disgusted. He sounds tired of the whole rap game. This nigga said, I see Kris Jenner, I beep twice and I wave. Like, Mm -hmm. what kind of swag do you have to be on where you're just driving through the city, you beep twice and wave, and Kris Jenner actually acknowledges you? He's like, oh, that's Drake, all right. (laughs) Oh, that's the homie Drake. Let me send him to invite to the Christmas party this year. Is he going to be a part of our postcards again? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) That's pretty cool, but... And so we won't we won't go off too long about a bunch of songs we've already fucking heard. We already talked about the chance moment, yada yada. Uh, it was the one year anniversary bro. of swimming, bro. R.I.P. Oh, yeah. and Mac. Big pause on the whole um, podcast just so we can mention for a moment. R.I.P. to one of the young juggernauts in hip hop history. Period. Mac mm-hmm. Miller, Malcolm McCormick. He dropped swimming one year ago, and that is. One of his greatest works from a music standpoint. It's definitely one of the most crisp albums he's put out. And it was definitely a a true gift to, like, he was just the true gift to rap. Like, if he wasn't already, he was going to be, I feel like, one of the greatest MCs, you know what I'm saying, to ever do this shit. Genuinely. Because the versatility is just different. Mm -hmm. Like, we've been saying that, like, dog, coming on songs with anybody and just ripping shit. What? Like, he was one of the people that he would talk about how... He hates how rappers would go on to other people's songs and just sound like themselves. Like, yeah, you're supposed to keep a version of yourself, mm-hmm. but it's like like how um, Chief Keith was when Chief Keith got onto Kanye's song. And then Chief Keith got onto a Mac Miller song and he was rapping, rapping, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're supposed to go into other people's houses and adapt to them, to their lifestyle. but keep yourself mm-hmm. in the adaptation, right? So this motherfucker can jump on a song with anywhere from a J-Elect to a Black Thought, like people that are just spitting, barring you out, then hop on a song with like a Chief Keef, hop on a song with Amigos, he has mm-hmm. one, he has a song with Gucci, like this motherfucker has a song with legitimately everybody. He did it all without a Drake feature, though. Bro, we got he did it all without Ooh. a J feature, though. And, and he still, still got, got as big as he was, and he still had Hova tweeting about him. Jay-Z has like three tweets, and one of them has Mac Miller's name in it. Keep that in mind. That's crazy. And I mean, shouts out to the the Gems, Diablo. Shouts out to New Faces. I know not just not just Faces Project, but New Faces, like the song. You saw that might have been like Mac, one of my favorite of his songs ever. You saw Mac frame that tweet. If Jay-Z ever tweeted about me, I would frame that tweet too and put it up in the crib. I'm going to be real with you. But um, yeah, big RIP to the Young King once again. And then moving right along, something that Esgo... And you said you didn't really pay attention to too much just because of like the camping trip, yeah. which I understand. This nigga was in the woods. Like, how's he gonna care about the state of our country in the woods? <laughs> hey, that <laughs> taught me a lot about the state of our country. Though. This nigga like, that's out a whole there trying to fight bears, trying to prepare for the apocalypse. Hey man, I'm just saying, <laughs> if some weird shit pops off ever, just know your boy's a survivalist. Don't worry about me. Worry about yourself. This nigga hilarious. But anyway, <laughs> um, the Democratic debates happen. I'll give a quick little roundup on those. They were a little bit better this time. They, for the most part, talked. They actually tried to give us plans a little bit. Even fiery little... even 100% like that. 
that. <laughs> Bro, it's because that's the thing I hate about these fucking debates. Like, these niggas will go up there on some WWE shit and try to, like, fight each other and never talk about what they're actually trying to do for the country. Like, the announcer will be like, yo, okay, so can you detail what you're trying to do for this? And they'll be like, you see how mad that nigga Bernie is? And then Bernie's, like, vein will pop out of his forehead. Like, if you guys don't start respecting the state of America, you are all cowards, okay? I've been trying to change this country for 93 years, and no one listens to me. Bernie has been trying to fight the good fight for too long. Like, seeing these debates, bro, it looks like this nigga is really tired of all politicians, realizes nothing's gonna change. He just be up there calling niggas cowards, saying people are afraid. <laughs> I know we're straight. I want you to get back. That's fucking hilarious. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, some of the standouts for me were um, Kamala Harris got ethered a little bit this time, which is good because I see, feel like people are finally starting to point out the fact that she's full of shit. And maybe she has reformed, maybe she has changed, who knows. But you have to be able to stand on your toes. Bro, she seems just and, so politician For sure. You have to be able to brush. She looks like a cop. I know she was the DA, but it's like you can't walk around and look mm. like a fucking police officer. Like you saw the picture of her with the fucking... Um, with the designer yeah, belt on, yeah, yeah. and it looked like legitimately what you would see a cop in plain clothes wearing. Like, you are an undercover. Like, I'm not <laughs> gonna tell you I have weed on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck? But um, it was the congresswoman from Hawaii that's running, which she seems a, a little bit conservative on her views, which is cool. Like, however you get it, how you live. But she stood out a little bit because of how she just instant called Kamala out on her shit. Like, instantly was like, so your policies. No, she said something along the lines of, now you're you're backtracking everything you've talked about, talking about, yeah, I smoked weed before, teehee, but don't want to talk about how your policies and how what was going on while you were DA put thousands of people into incarceration for the thing you're saying teehee about nowadays. That's almost you know? like the the problem of like incarceration, especially of black people, and to like the extent that it's going on in, in this country, is almost one of those things that it's like, I can't in full faith have like want to vote for someone like Kamala, you know. For sure, and there's a bunch of other things wrong with her as well, like. But we won't detail everything right now. We're trying to give a little roundup of the debates. Um, Elizabeth Warren was a warrior. I will say that because her and Andrew Yang are two of the only people that seem to have detailed. I won't say just plans, but detailed plans that you could even Googleable. You know what I'm saying? Like the very simple person in the United States can Google all of these names, and those are two of the only names where you could see what exactly they're trying to do and how they plan to get that money to do it, right? Mm -hmm. But Warren, she she really walked around with bad bitch energy. Like I'm really not afraid of nobody. Like niggas were trying her, and she'd buck up like, "Man, sup, pussy nigga? Fuck is you talking about? Who is you looking at right now? I got this plan for dot 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 dot." They'd be like, Warren, but you talked about, yes, bitch, nigga. I remember I talked about that, but boom, 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 boom. Like, she had a rebuttal for everything, so I'll give it up to Warren where credit is due. Yang actually stood up and said a few things this time, too, which makes me happy because he's the only one, like I've said multiple times, that has a debating past. But he seems to, because of that, be the only one that's respectful of time. So it's like, even though he'll start his spiels, he seems to cut off right when they say stop, stop talking. But the rest of the politicians, they'll say stop talking, and then Joe Biden will talk for another three minutes mm -hmm. and like the whole time like announcer dude will be like no really can you please stop and joe, joe biden's looking like stop it like stop it speaking of button though we're gonna get to this list in a second because we missed some things but um going back to other people those two stood out um beto is someone that loves america loves the people he's so fiery and he's so passionate and i like the dude but i would never vote for beto at this current point because it's just like your fiery friend that's really passionate about something but literally has no clue how that's gonna happen <laughs> like like he's so fiery but it's like so what are you gonna do about it i don't well, know i love my country i love my state and you see how close I got to winning Texas. I can promise you guys those electoral votes. It's like, but how, what are you going to do to change? But you see how big Texas is. The number of electoral votes that I can get from this state. It's like, no, no, no. But what are you going to like? It's like, come on, dog. Like, okay. We can't really tell you anything from there. Other than that, we're just going to have to continue to see what happens. A, a few people had good talking points. I like how they did make a good focus of... They did make good focus of um, global warming and mm -hmm. shit like that this time, too. Not as much as they should. Because climate change is one of those issues that I feel like people definitely need to wise up on. 
because this next president or whatever happens, this has to be the start of it. Because obviously, it's not going to be with Trump. And we but have it has limited to be, like, time. Something now. we need to work with. Exactly. We we legitimately have limited time before it's too late. A lot of scientists have already said it's kind of too late. Like they said, like the thirteen month projection, all these things, like that things need to get uh, readjusted. To be honest, I've been hearing like by twenty twenty, like half the world is going to be flooded. So I'm not sure, like on the specifics, if that like thirteen month thing or things like that are very like true, but. Just with reasonable people doing research, I feel like at least within a few years, we have to start making considerable change to our lifestyles and not just so much the U.S. Because I know a lot of uh, problems that people have or with like believing in climate change or believing like we can make a difference is that the U.S. isn't necessarily a lot of the big pollution factor. A lot of it happens in like China. A lot of it happens like India and all these places in Africa. And so, but at the end of the day, the U.S. is such a powerful nation and has such a large presence in organizations like the U.N. as well as like NATO, like whatever, that when we want to make something happen, we can, I don't want to say strong arm because that sounds like making people do something against their will, but we can influence and get other countries to start taking notice to stuff. So change starts with the U.S., even though that shouldn't be our, uh, our burden to shoulder. It, Us as a nation, we need to when we're leading the world. And you know? it's not just shouldn't, it should. Because of the fact that... The, 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 I know we, when people say it should. Uh, no, I know. But I'm just saying it should because we all live in this, on this fucking planet. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So when it goes down, we all going down with it. Like if your neighbor's torching your neighborhood, are you not going to try and stop your neighbor from doing that? Exactly. And if some countries become uninhabitable, where do you think the first place they're all going to try to come to? You know what I'm saying? People think immigration and shit like that is bad now. Just wait. Or just wait until we're the only place that's livable in the world. I'm saying like, some extreme stuff, but people need to realize like what needs to be changed in order like some of these... like. It's so sad to me that no one mentions these ecosystems, too. I'm about to become, like, a little fucking... Go into some biology and animals and shit like that. But it's really... Like, it's disgusting to me that I'm only 25 years old. I'm not even that old of a person. And a lot of the creatures, animals, insects, etc. That I thought were the most badass, coolest things as a child. My kids won't even know they existed. They're mm-hmm. going to have to watch YouTube videos to see them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that shit's going extinct. Like... Shit's starting to have to be held in small controlled populations so that we can keep them alive. Like, and, and you people, shouldn't and you shouldn't have to preserve have to preserve animals in like a lot or like a and, certain like little areas and things like that. And then like you that think of ecosystems like in general, though. It's like people forget about domino pieces. Like people think about our science that we're not focusing on the right things. That are this, are mm-hmm. that. But it's like if so many of X dies, it's a domino. Yeah, effect. there's keystone because, species that affect all the rest. Because if X dies then Y is going to go rampant. If Y goes rampant, then we may lose crops. We may lose this. We may not be able mm-hmm. to live in certain places because X died and we, it was completely preventable. On Bro, bees are essential to the earth sustaining itself. And just being like anyone being alive, bees are such a crucial part too. And we had a bee scare. Like at what point are we going to start taking shit seriously? You, you know, know what I mean? That's like the nuts part to me. But, but <laughs> uh, before, as, before we kind of skate off of it though, I do want you to go ahead and plug in like a little information as to where I guess the listeners, if they want to dive more into certain policies that uh, different politicians have on how, what they plan to do if they become president, because that's the most important part. It's not necessarily how well you can argue with the other uh, runners and things like that. It's because at the end of the day, when you become president, what are you going to do to change things? So if people can get an insight into some policies, where do you recommend that they look or get like that information from? If you want to, you can go to Andrew Yang and or Elizabeth Warren's websites, and they have detailed plans there. But if not, a lot of, and I know, you know obviously you don't want to like, um, you don't want to advertise too many publications, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But just for like a very, very, very basic base knowledge, you can go to the Breakfast Club. They have videos with most of the dem- most of the prominent Democratic nominees because mm-hmm. they're trying to spread a little bit of political awareness. Cardi B even dropped a video with Bernie Sanders. Like there's sources right now on more of an entertainment platform, which is good because a lot of people don't pay attention unless it's pop culture, pop, you know, entertainment, etc. Yeah. These are pop culture platforms. These are big people in pop culture, and they're sitting down and talking to these politicians and kind of giving you a rundown of what they're looking to do at a base level then you can go into your own research after that Mm -hmm. and so moving along though um one thing we missed though with music is 
Uh, today I saw Joe Budden's name uh, trending on Twitter and I was like, all right, let's see what Joe did. What did he do this time? Like, did he say some weird shit? Like I didn't finish the last podcast, etc. And then I click on it and it was a list of the top 50 rappers of all time. And then you're like, dude, what? Joe Budden would be on the top 50 rappers of all time. He's actually a fantastic rapper. If you listen to the, the, any OLSs, like any of his, like the Rage Against the Machine, like he has really, really good projects. He has good songs and he can rap his ass off. But then I saw the placement. He was number three on that list after Jay-Z and Nas. And then afterwards, it was like Styles P. There's like Fab, Kiss, like a bunch of people that are arguable. Fab over Kendrick. And I think they're fire rappers. But it's like, if you've listened to the Joe Budden podcast, this sounds like a list directly curated from the Joe Budden podcast. <laughs> it's like, bro, first off, there's you, you could immediately smell bias at times. <laughs> I smelled big cap at number three. Joe Budden for the number three best rapper of all time. I've never been more disgusted in my life. I get, you know, not paying homage to niggas younger than you because, you know, you have a certain in your head, like, I birthed these niggas and all these kind of things. Stop it. Because if Kendrick isn't a... To be honest, and if we're just talking MCs or, like, you know, total, like, curated music and how they, like, piece their shit together, all that really thrown aside, there's no list that Kendrick shouldn't be higher than the Joe Budden. To if be, we're being a real no, with ourselves. No, being, keeping it a big, big buck in a stack, 100%. Like, certain artists, you can argue that. Especially, you know, for yourself, whatever, you can argue certain things, you know? And like, a lot of rappers haven't had number one hits. Joe Budden's mm-hmm. had a number one hit with Pump It Up. I know he didn't like that song that much, and that was his most commercial hit. But even if you go into that, like... Drake? Drake was 23 on the list. Drake? Like, like <laughs> Cole was like 20 or something. I don't know. That was Under Fab? <laughs> J. Cole under Fab? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You gotta be... That list had to be made from someone from New York when they had... Once again, no disrespect to these people. Who's that, I, Beanie? I still... Beanie Siegel... You, I don't want to disrespect them, but like... Beanie Siegel is fire. So I can't let Beanie Siegel disrespect come on to this podcast, but I will say, like, you have to be from the Northeast. If Beanie Siegel, Fab, Styles P, and Jada Kiss are all above some of these certain niggas on their list, which is completely fine. Once again, I don't want to take away from these people's catalogs because they have great music. But moving right along to something that we should have probably mentioned a little bit earlier, and it's just a little bit more of a somber note. I want to give a big RIP and my condolences go out to for our real. condolences. Sorry, for real, go out to anybody affected by close to in proximity or even affected by just mentally the shootings that went on in El Paso because this and is terrifying in man. Dayton, Ohio. This is horrifying. Just being real, this is horrifying because one was open fire in the streets in Dayton and then the other one was in a fucking Walmart. Like, mm-hmm. well, the one that happened in El Paso, apparently it was some like rampant Trump supporter. This isn't politicizing anything, but it's just talking about some of the rhetoric that gets spewed about how immigrants are terrible, etc. This, this, that. One, you live in Texas. You didn't have to drive three hours, I think it was, to find a bunch of Latin people. And I'm not trying to be fucked. I'm just being completely honest. And it seemed like he was he made mention of the fact that he was gonna try to help take care of the immigration problem or some shit like that Mm. and then this man went out and just started unloading like this is why you don't spew hateful rhetoric it doesn't matter how you feel because yes i understand where some people when people are coming from when they say illegal and against the law and like shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that but then i understand the human standpoint of people looking for asylum people looking for better lives etc so i get both sides of the argument it's like so where can you find a middle ground though where you don't just make one side the enemy you and know? start like literally causing terror. Because like, what is terrorism, you know? Because let's call a spade a spade, though. Because people keep just calling these mass shootings. No. These are terroristic attacks. The United Meant States... To push an agenda. The, terror, the United States is suffering from multiple terroristic attacks in the same 24-hour span at this point. I don't know exactly how many days have gone by in 2019. I know it's not 249. And there's been 249 mass shootings in 2019 alone. Like, that is already more than one a day, technically, by the count, mm-hmm. right? And so we are suffering from rampant terroristic attacks at this point. We need to call a spade a spade and call it what it is. Because like when 9-11 happened, right? Like when big incidents happen in the United States, we love calling them terroristic attacks when they're not our And we own. form an enemy that has long-standing effects on the minds of the youth of America that cause them to hate a certain population and, and, and incite hate for years to come. But yet this is doing it right now in the same thing. And leaders of our country are just letting it skate. 
Like you are seeing this hate and this dangerous rhetoric be spilled around to the point that you see like these white teenagers, to be honest, like teens going around saying they hate immigrants. They hate Middle Eastern people. They hate Latin people. They hate Asian people. They hate African people. You see a lot of like there was videos of this motherfucker that is now being questioned. It was I think it was South Carolina or North Carolina. North Carolina it was one of the yeah. two that he had a video out of him shooting a box of Jordans because he said Jordans were a direct link to African Americans, and he ends the video saying I hate niggers. Like it's and like shooting. He's like this is what I think. He's like I think this one didn't learn his lesson. I need to fire twenty rounds into it. It's like bro, what? It's like, dog, at, Like, when are we going to stop this at a point? Like, I understand our Second Amendment rights, and I believe in the Second Amendment. I think everybody should be able to protect themselves, and everybody should be entitled to their right to get a firearm. But that being said... And especially in a country like America, and how, like, like how big our military is, and how big, like, of a military state we are, I don't think there should ever be a point where citizens aren't able to arm themselves. Because at any given point, if some weird shit happened, obviously, I'm not trying to say that it will or things like that. But I'm saying if some weird shit happened where, like, government necessarily turned on the people or whatever, like, the the country was founded on that kind of a thing. Like, it was founded on a small militia taking charge and protecting themselves from oppression in, like, England and whatnot. And, like, what if some of that happened nowadays? So not definitely not trying to shit on the Second Amendment. But where can you make a good middle ground to protect the lives of Americans? And I'm saying, like, we can have handguns you know mm -hmm. maybe shotguns because they're harder to use you know they they're very lethal but they're harder to use but if a gun is something that was my go-to in a call of duty we probably shouldn't have that easily accessible in a war like, game niggas, niggas get ak-47s like it's nothing you can find an ak like it's candy bro the dark web is a nasty place to buy things i'm pretty sure like people are out here buying like humans on the dark web and you're thinking you can't get a hold of a gun illegally and it's easy to that's the worst part that's why it's just like a big, big, once again, RIP, condolences. We need to make a change. Like we need somebody that's going to come up for some gun reform because of the fact that, yes, the Second Amendment, once again, you've heard both of us agree with it. But when the Second Amendment was created, these niggas had guns that they had to. You, If, if you missed your shot, you got to tell that nigga, hold on now. <laughs> hold on. You got to tell that nigga, hold on now for two seconds while you take five minutes mm -hmm. to load your shit back up. They didn't have fucking monkey nuts like with the fucking a 47 round like a hundred round drums that you can go around just spraying whole families and like crowds with that wasn't a thing and so one other thing we need to point out too is the fact that president trump got out and he was talking about his condolences and you know like the president should so i'm not taking away from the fact that he did this the president should speak on mass shootings when they happen but this man went out and he said he, he his condolences go out to the people of toledo and then i was like wait a second Maybe before I sound ignorant, let me go ahead and Google Maps. You know what I'm saying? Toledo to Dayton because it was actually in Dayton. Searching on Google, and like was another it was shooting? two hours away. Was there another shooting that I missed? Like he said, so he said somewhere that was just completely wrong in the state. Bro, he does not care. He does not give a fuck at that point. Like I understand small human error, but come on now. This is the kind of shit that's fishy though, because I know I don't want this to get in like the tinfoil podcast or something. But it's like you got a nigga that really does not even care about shootings at all and stuff that happens in the country and the and just the this well being of the average individual. It's like how did you become president, really? And on top of that, what is your aim when you're actually here? Because if if you don't care on like a base level about your like about the people that you're leading and you're trying to protect, what are your policies for? Who are they for? You know, man, I can't even like deal with that nigga right now. So we just gonna have to move on. Big R.I.P. Once again, let's get into something that's a little a little bit lighthearted. Um, go ahead, go ahead. A little bit. This one for you for a bit. And we'll get into something that's a little bit more lighthearted for the fact that. My co-host here decided he has to go take a little piss. Unprofessional ass nigga. But, <laughs> but um, this past week, Lena Dunham is at it again. This is when people need to take away the rights of some white women. Not all, because I got so many fire white homies. And I got so many fire white female homies, too. Like, some of the funniest people. Like, white female, white women get a bad rep in media when it comes to hilarity and them just being funny people because if i had to speak on it and i know a lot of funny women i'm never going to be one of those dudes that says that women aren't funny because really a lot of the funniest people i know are women but out of my top five probably three of them are white women it's just it's a it's a rarer breed from the general populace because you do get a bunch of the like very very typical society and so i don't want to take away from them so let me just give a big ups before i have to big down y'all for a second 
Like, the fact that Lena Dunham tried to kiss Brad Pitt on the red carpet, and this nigga looked disgusted. I mean, he's professional. He's Brad Pitt, so he just, like, played it off. But it's like, when is someone going to clock her for sexual harassment? Like, like at this point, it's like, she continues to literally do whatever the fuck she wants because she's a white woman, and she knows she's going to get away with it. Like, I remember a situation that happened a year, maybe two years ago, where she was seated at the same table as Odell Beckham Jr. at some award show. And she apparently talked about how sexy he was and then tried to make advances on him. And he hit her with the, nah, that ain't it, chief. And so she came out in, like, the media. I don't remember exactly what it is, but she said something, like, along the lines of, he was like fat shaming her or something like that and then the audio or like the text came out of the real conversation and he said nothing of those likes he just wasn't interested in her so in her white mind she instantly went from like in her right mind in, <laughs> i'm sorry is right but she instantly went from um this person denied me and in her like i guess defense mechanism was that he called her fat the, or something the thing is and i know it's terrible but I feel like I know at least three people off the top of my head that I've heard some weird shit like, you know what, I'm just going to try and fuck them. I'm just going to try and kiss them. And if they try and deny me, I'm just going to blame it on this and make them look bad. And like people really think like that. And that's kind of fucked. And a lot of women do ha- think in a similar vein, not to that extreme. And I'm not grouping saying like it's the majority of women. No. It's to protect ego, but though. It's definitely to protect ego because something we're not going to talk about right now, because y'all know how much I've stood up for y'all ladies, because I'm always going to be a fighter for, your, for my women, because that's just a big part of who I am. Two sisters and my mom. And my mom is my number one inspiration on this planet. My two sisters are some of the most beautiful people on this planet. That being said, the female ego the male ego is more fragile, but the female ego ego is more fragile in areas that you would not suspect. Because when it comes to rejection, they are 100% the most fragile. Because they're not tempered. Because I feel like, you know, and this is a thing that I feel like is important to talk on. There needs to, we need to start normalizing it too. And I'm saying like calling out guys, even because I know me in the past or like uh, from friends of mine and like other guys I've just met. When a girl comes and hits on you, you almost take like an ego blow, like I'm supposed to be the one doing it, all these things. And like society set it up in a way that guys are the ones that are supposed to be shooting their shot. So girls don't have to, and they're constantly being approached and like things like that, to where shooting your shot, you gain a sense of self and confidence and things like that because you deal with rejection. Like every shot you shoot does not hit. I'll be the first to admit that. Because anybody that's come out with me to like a buckhead or something like back in the day on like a Saturday, there was many a rejection, you know what I'm saying? And even though I've been a very lucky boy, like I will admit, but I will even say like that is one of the truest things because like when I was 19, I'll tell you all this story one day. I, I We're going to have a list of one days that we never actually... Nah, you got to say this one now because I know exactly what it is. All right, you got to say right. it now. You know what? Fuck it. I was down at Georgia Southern with the homies. I was like 19 fresh off the god complex like I, I was looking good i was getting whatever woman i wanted to and so this girl came up she was she was throwing it back dog like what well, she was hitting that like she was hitting that level 99 twerk like if we got to level 100 we might have had to go to the bathroom right there like i might have had to whip out the condom and go to the bathroom and just get it sorted and then I ended up buying her drinks because at that point I was like, bro, it's locked in. It's this locked in. This is the one down. that I thought was going to be. I'm sorry. It's, it's, no, it, bro, that's what I'm saying. I didn't want to tell this story, but I'll embarrass myself real quick. It's cool because everyone has a little bit of a, everyone has bad stories. Like I have hella bad stories because yeah. people always, I, that's something, a, a little bit of a tangent. So many of my friends, because they've heard of the masses of success, they're always like, Nah, bro, you wouldn't understand, bro. You wouldn't understand. No, nigga, I understand. Like everybody mm-hmm. understands. If you're in the field, you understand. But like, so I buy her one drink, right? So she's drinking the drink. This girl somehow is drinking her drink, no spills, and is still twerking on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sitting there like, I, th- I thought I found it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a young 19-year-old. Like, I thought I found That's it. Eldorado. I'm sitting there thinking about Zares. Like, every kiss begins with K. Like, whatever. Like, I'm like, when are we? Like, I got to go Shane's somewhere. Shane's up in Alpharetta. Shane's Co- You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to get this ring. So then afterwards, she's like, yo, can you buy me two drinks? And then I was like, oh, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? At this point, I was ready to ball. Because you get to that point in the night where you feel like you got it locked in, so you're ready to ball out. So I go buy two drinks. I hand them to her. She danced on me for like 30 more seconds. And she's like, hold on for a second. Dog. After she said, hold on for a second, I wait like five, 10 minutes. I look up and across the club, I see her dancing on another dude and laughing. And he's holding one of the drinks that I bought. Bro, that happened to me in Daytona. I wanted to shoot Bro, myself. When that happened to me, like, 
I kid you not ask any of my friends for real and this is and I've had a decent string of successes then mm-hmm. and this is without this so I understand women's conversation and like where it comes into the ego of getting denied I have not shot my shot first on any woman since 19 years old <laughs> any woman period that y'all have seen me with this that, man's 25 that y'all know that I've gotten with whatever I've not shot my shot first because I got crushed I got crushed. A nigga wanted to cry. I'm gonna be real with you. Like they, niggas make jokes about wanting to cry in the middle of the club, bro. I was sitting there pressed. I was like, ooh. And this is another. This is another dangerous thing too. Obviously, it's talking about like an old story. No one should ever feel like they own your vagina or own your dick. Like like yeah. a lot of women feel like too sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't own anything on anybody. At any point, someone can say no and just dip out. Exactly. But going back to what we were talking about in general when it comes to rejection and, like, Lena Dunham and all that kind of stuff, dog, you know how many women since then, though, like, whether it be clubs, bars, bro, you even saw a couple of bars. I remember, like, when you looked so disgusted because I looked mad that I didn't get the girl I wanted to get earlier in the mm-hmm. night. So I came and met my homies, and I would just walk through bars, and I would have women grabbing me or women backing right. up into me. And then Ezigo would be turning to me like, are you serious, bro? <laughs> like, what's wrong? Is it like that, really, where you're just denying everyone? Like, no, like, this is a conversation that may get me in trouble, may not get me in trouble. I don't think so because, obviously, this is just real life and the reality yeah. of it. Women don't understand how many women men turn down sometimes because they always expect men to just fuck everything that yeah. men know. And so a lot of women, like when I've turned them down, dog, I've been I called gay them, because I bro, turned down a girl. I, that's what I was about to get into, dog. How? Why is it that women's first response when you turn them down is that you're gay? Bro, oh my god. And first off, too, like, first off, that's nothing wrong if I was gay. That'd be fucking awesome, to be honest. Like, I feel like I'd already cut the middleman. I wouldn't have to deal with a lot of these issues. But I feel like that's that's so fucked up to say, though, because it's along that line. It's like, there's so few things you can say to really hit people. When you start, like, trying to make people feel intentionally bad about themselves or things like that because they denied you, it's like, what's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? I'm still a person at the end of the day. Obviously, you're hurt. Are you trying to hurt me, too? Like, what's that the first response, though? Like, because I don't want to fuck you, I'm gay. No, it's like, (laughs) if that's what you think, just understand, like, what kind of a person you are. That's why I don't want to fuck you. You're stoned. (laughs) And so, like, even going back, it's like, this is not the first, this is not the second, this is, like, the third, fourth, fifth instance of lena dunham feeling like she can just do whatever she wants to do and get away with it like at some certain point i know she's not going to because she's a white woman in america but someone needs to hit her with the sexual harassment charge like she may not get arrested she may not actually get the charge but just like scare her so she stops and so some of these women realize they can't just do that shit Mm -hmm. that's weird i've had like me and my roommate are some of the only like not some of the only people because i've met other dudes with like similar things where we've genuinely been like for real, like, not even trying to, like, joke about it, like, sexually harassed by women. Like, women yeah. actually just feeling like they can just whip your dick out in, like, the middle of a party. Like, I won't go into his situation too much because that was a little deeper. But, like, girls just grabbing your shit whenever. And it's just, like, I that know. it's real. And I know women go through it way more. So this is not undermining the plight of women. But it's just saying that society has it in a way where women... It's instantly wrong if it's a woman, but if it's a dude, you're gay, you're this, you're that, if you're not into it. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm just and not into her. Yeah. Like, no, I have a girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Like, And it's like calling space bay. Like, when you're getting sexually harassed by a woman, it's, it's one of those, oh, you know what? Ah, you're too pussy. Or, like, what's wrong with you? Or why'd you even say that? Like, be a man. At the same time, it's like, no, it's like, call that what it is. That's a predator. You know what I'm saying? Like, really? That's though. a rapist. Like, like, she really is a predator. And someone needs to get her out the paint one day. But I, I want to put the people onto some game before we slide off of this. You know, and genuinely speaking, if you're afraid to get rejection and all these things, I feel like everyone does need to start shooting their shot and, like, temper themselves on all these things. And to be honest, I'm batting incredible rates of at least getting a date and things like that when I'm hitting on people that's not in a bar scene, not in a club scene, not in a drinking scene. Like, talk to people in your regular lives, you know what I'm saying? Talk to people when you're going to, like, the library, when you're going on a walk in the park, like, doing regular shit, like, in the store. Like, And this is something we will say for another day, just for lack of time, but about how social media and the internet age has ruined person-to-person interaction because a lot of people really aren't built like that anymore i still have incredible people skills even though i don't shoot my shot first i just know how to rebound once i see an opportunity Mm -hmm. like if you talk to me for anything i'm gonna twist that into getting your number like something like that cool Mm -hmm. but it's like a lot of people think that the only places you can pick up women are places where you're intoxicated no it's like no like some of the most fire women like some of the most fire people in general whether it be women men like whatever you're into it's like coffee shops 
like thrift stores, like fucking your classes, park, your something. classroom. Like yeah. you can, I promise you, you don't have to be afraid to interact with human beings if you're not under the influence of something. Like, go ahead and go for it. But um, other than the spiel on that, the last thing we're gonna get to is euphoria. We're not gonna skip over too too many things. It's just like we have, we're already pushing. Are we already at the euphoria? Because that's like our final talk, right? You know, let's go ahead and double it back. Because I do think the conversation has something that needs to be addressed on too. I feel like this lack of, this being afraid to talk to people, like in regular settings and all of this, stems a lot too, not, which could be based from depression and like just a lack of person-to-person skills and whatnot. I've, our generation is having a severe drop in the amount of sex that people are having, you know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of these things cause like uh, anxiety and all these things about just talking to like people and like trying to gauge because you're like so worried about things that don't matter at the moment what matters the most is just connecting with a person first and like base things to where you get this in your head like oh i'm not having enough sex or i'm not talking to enough women blah 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 or, or guys even like how do i even approach this because that's all that matters when you talk to people like no what matters first and foremost is do i vibe with you do i fuck with you you know it's like how did i form a friend before i formed a fuck buddy how did i form a friend before i found somebody i could hook up with and it's just like going out and meeting people and talking to them before anything else and it's also just people really getting rid of their um, their sense of entitlement, you know? Like, a lot of people have lost their people skills, but on top of losing their people skills, they, they've found a way to lose the ability to talk to people while still believing that they deserve that pussy or deserve See, dick that doesn't deserve make something. sense. It's like, bro, this see? dick ain't free. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> uh, this motherfucker hilarious. But shouts out to the ladies out there. Shouts out to all my niggas. We gonna be alright. I hope so. Like, I hope so. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I guess out of the last two topics, do you even want to talk about... I don't care about Tom Brady that much, so we'll just say Tom Brady signed a two-year... We're going to get into sports talk and then the euphoria, so this is the moment where a lot of people either <laughs> stay or leave. I don't but, even believe it, dude. But, our sports talks uh, episodes be going crazy. Fun guy? Fun guy. <laughs> that Zion. episode was fire. I'm just saying, some of these just go up. But um, Tom Brady signed a two-year contract, well, two-year extension with the Patriots for $23 million a year. One thing we know about Tom Brady is this makes him the sixth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Someone that's called the GOAT. I don't believe so, but let's just talk it from mm-hmm. an all-knowing stance. Someone that's called the GOAT, someone that's carried their franchise, someone that's this, someone that's that, isn't deserving to be the sixth highest paid. We yeah. know he's getting money somewhere else. And, this nigga got offshore And he's, he's such a smart dude who's been in the NFL for so long. Regardless if NFL players are getting paid, you know what they should, comparatively like NBA players and things like that, you know he's not the type of individual to just let that money slide. Like He's, he's on some long-term shit, you know? For sure. That's why I feel like he's definitely got those offshore accounts where he's got shit being paid for on the side. Mm-hmm. Just like... All sports do it. Once again, Neymar. Once again, Messi. Like, there's a lot of deals where you figure out later in life that these motherfuckers were getting money somewhere else and people just didn't talk about it. It's all sports do it for great players. Sorry. But moving on to the next thing was, I guess let's just wrap it off on Euphoria. We'll get to the um, kids topic another time. But, nigga. Euphoria, one of the greatest shows ever, bro. I'm going to go ahead and say a lot of people are disappointed in the finale. Like, I saw a lot of hit or misses for people in the finale, but it's the a... The filming and directing of that whole episode Bro, is gorgeous. I was watching with Madalena, and literally the whole time, she was just making comments like, no, that, that scene was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, that filming was crazy. You know, like, when like, that Cassie was getting was the abortion, and, like, the, she was, like, the ice skater again, and all these... I felt like that drew so many parallels. Like, she has her life again. She has her dreams that, you know, could have been taken away by a child, but at the same time, you have to make the tough decision for it, because that shit was not easy for her, even though, like, she was ice skating, like, while it was going on in her mind and all these things. It's like, you could see, like, the hurt, you know... McKay wasn't even fucking there. Right? <laughs> like, Bro, the camera work went nuts. Nuts in this episode. Nuts. Shout out to Kat nuts. for having some redemption. Thank you. And it was a perfect lob of an episode for season two. Because I still think my theory stands point. And the, I won't go into the theory too much. Because I don't want to document it too much. But the theory stands true because... It's gonna. I think it's gonna follow like like a Skins, like a Degrassi, like a whatever. After. Where it's like... No, no, no. Where it's like... There's two. There's at least two seasons for a group of people. Okay. So I think next season's gonna be rounding up this group of people mm-hmm. because still there are some closed stories that haven't happened. We still need an episode that's gonna be a Fez episode. You know he's gonna. You, they've kind of led up to he's important enough that he's gonna have an episode in another mm-hmm. season. I feel like we still need episodes for like a certain main characters, right? 
And we still need rounding up a certain stories. What happened to Nate, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, and they even made sure to make the mention of the fact that they're juniors. So that's why it made a direct parallel to yeah, me and Skins. They got their Because Skins, they always had the, we have two years of, you, this, we have two years of secondary left before we go to uni. Every single group, mm -hmm. right? This is, we're juniors. So next is going to be senior year. We're going to see what gets popping. You're going to probably see Jules come back on some weird shit. That scene where Zendaya had to decide between staying. Bro, that was Bro, tough. That was tough. And it's like, you can see, because like, they finally had the moment like where it clicked. Like At least Jules got it too. It's like, is this over? Like You're really not trying to come like, oh, damn. like It's fucked. Like, and I could already see it being midway through the next season. Jules coming back and fucking Rue being fucked. Dude, hear see me out. Her. Hear me out, though. I think Rue's dead. I think she's dead, and the next season is everybody dealing with the after effects of that and like the shit that was set up in the first season because... like. I can it, see that it, too. It went hard back into like uh, how it looked like that was a funeral scene that she was sitting in and her sister there. She wasn't even sitting next to her sister. Why would she be at an event and not sitting next to her sister that her mother and stuff speaking at? On top of that, you get like they're all kind of ignoring her when they're going through like this back family thing when and then like fast forward modern day of their family. Like they're ignoring her in this scene where she's like super fucked up and everything. But then her dad grabs her and like embraces her and all these things and like her dad's dead. So her dad's grabbing her, embracing that her. Does that mean that she's dead and she's finally with him and like looking back at life because A, she just went through the toughest thing that she's ever been through. Uh, you know, be going through love as like a young person, especially like getting your heart broken like that and like immediately made her relapse. I don't think she's even knowing, like, especially after not doing drugs for, like, a minute and, like, relapsing, going back into it hard, like, to deal with the pain of, like, heartbreak as somebody that's already dealing with a lot of shit she's doing. I think she OD'd, and I think she really just died off of this shit. And the thing is, I could see that, because even going into another parallel, because it was, like, I know I keep paralleling with Skins, but you know how much I like that show. And two, this is the first, like, raw teenage age show since Skins to me. That was a good show. And this is another parallel. It's, like, in, well, I think it was Group 2, which was my favorite group. No, oh, it was Group 3. Group 2 was my favorite group, so it was Group 3. Yeah, yeah, It was Group 3, which is another good group in Skins. All of the groups were good. But um, where one of the main characters died at the end of Season 1 for Group 3, or was it the beginning of Season 2 for Group 3? I can't remember. It was on their little vacation. And, um... The rest of it was just everyone dealing with the aftermath, seeing like the causes. I could see that because if Jules comes back and Rue's not alive, mm -hmm. right? And then there's a story there. And then how Rue affected everybody else. Seeing Fez's story once he sees that Rue died. And he doesn't and know exactly how she died and the cause and everything. He never even knew what was going on with Nate exactly mm -hmm. with their whole case. I think he might just fuck around kill Nate at that point. And then like... Rue's still going to be in the next season because it's going to be a lot of flashbacks. It's going to be a lot of people and putting I stuff think together. Gonna have her it's going to tie ghost, up like, the, It's going to tie. Oh, it's going to tie up the funeral scene, right? Because yeah. that looked like a funeral scene to me too, and it's going to have her like still telling the story from her point of view, like the ghost, like etc. Kind of looking over and like telling everybody what was going on. So I could definitely see her being dead. I could see her being dead because that's up in the air. Mm -hmm. And I like how Zendaya and um, the actress that played Jules, I don't, I'm sorry that I don't know her name just because she's a phenomenal actress and I'm happy once again about just like giving time to trans women. But they were kind of saying like, I want to see where it progresses next season. Ha ha ha. I hope it's together. Like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah. They're dead. Like, Rue's dead. Think? I think so. I think she's dead. I could see them spinning where she's not, but I feel like it sounds like a much better storyline if she's dead. They need to do better for... First off, too, like, also... Like, low-key, I feel like Sixth Man of the Year or, like, Most Improved or some shit. I want to see Lexi's character prosper. Because she was the only character that stayed likable throughout the whole thing. You know what I mean? She was the only character that stayed likable through the whole thing. Except for my nigga Fez. Like, I'm gonna yeah. be real with you. Cassie was some elite white milk, but we're not gonna go into that too... We're not gonna go into that too deep. Too deep. She was just... A pretty attractive person it's like she wasn't that great of a character <laughs> like but her last episode was phenomenal though phenomenal mm -hmm. um that girl that played maddie which is funny because madalena was saying she watched an interview of her and she got so disappointed because the girl that played maddie she thought was just an outstanding actress and could play that but then she watched the interview and she talks her. like that in real life like oh my god yeah she wasn't even <laughs> acting <laughs> just like that's disappointing like that's actually sad but um yeah, it's a great show. It's a great show. I'm happy for this one, man. I'm really happy yeah. for this one. I wish it wasn't... 
No, I want to say I wish it wasn't eight episodes, but like, nah, they did it right. They like, did it right. And the singing randomly too, like they what the incorporate fuck? music so okay. So like they a incorporated lot, a lot of good things. Like I'm, I think this is an Emmy nominated show for sure. I'm a sucker for music being well incorporated into movies and television. That's why like Baby Driver has skyrocketed to. I don't know if it's my favorite movie, but I want to say it's definitely one of my, it's a top three movie for me. Especially if you're like anybody that knows like my serious interests and stuff like that. If we're suggesting movies to casually watch, I always throw in the Baby Driver, even though I've seen that shit multiple times. But it's just like, when you have something that can incorporate music into a well, because music just adds so much emotion, adds so much depth, makes you think even deeper about the scenes because of like the choice of what they're doing and the tone it sets, and even like parallels to the lyrics and what's going on and what can be forecasted into the future. It's just like, this show did it immaculately. Bringing in Kanye's choir, my God. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Zakora is going to hate this talk, bro. He was talking about it the other day, I was like, bro, have you watched Euphoria? He's like, no, and you and Chuka won't shut up about it on your podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should have hit the big spoiler beforehand, but I'm happy we put it at the end just so people can pause it if they need to. But great show, excited for season two. I know you're trying to beat 400 traffic, and really, I'm just sweaty. A young nigga need a shower before, you know. Aren't you gonna go hoop? No, nah, I was I was gonna go work out, but Madeline wants to hang out. Okay, I get you. And I gotta see Mirena. Yeah, man, go enjoy your time. Go do you, I guess, for everybody that's... While we're working on it. Oh, yeah. Um, shout out to... All of her... Shout out to... Crime Girl Podcast. Oh, yeah. A shout out to all of her friends this weekend that definitely saw a young nigga working and talked about the fact that they're rooting for us because I'm rooting for us, too. And then a super duper, super duper big shout out to the True Crime Girl Time Podcast. I'm very sad that we missed the ATL meetup this weekend. Especially the fact that I was at New Realm at the same time as y'all. So really, I was upstairs and y'all was downstairs. That broke my heart a little bit because I haven't seen my nigga Casey in a minute. And I miss that man. I really do miss that man. Like, I, I keep telling him we need to hang out. But I, I be busy. You be Dude, busy. Dude, I was so getting notified. I got together. the one notification that randomly got popped up in my two minutes of service out in the woods. Just like, oh, shit. Like, okay. But once again, if you like true crime, which has become a pretty popular, like, Seems like everybody loves those kind of things. You know, just give them a chance. Like they're actually good as fuck at what they do too. And the shirts be fire. I still haven't been back to my parents' house to pick mine up, but you know I got that gray. So the next time I see Casey, I'm gonna be hilariously matching him. He doesn't even know it yet, but (laughs) he's gonna be happy. Happen to be wearing it at the same time. (laughs) But my name is Chuka. My name is Ezigo, and this this is is Off Space. Yeah.